What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the C-String Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to recap the Pittsburgh Penguins offseason. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins are an NHL team. Uh, last regular, the last regular season game for the Penguins was April 29th, um, but their last playoff game was May 15th, and that's really kind of when an offseason begins for a team is when is when you play your last game, and you know you don't you don't have free agency quite yet. Um, Maybe you don't sign your your uh, draftees quite yet, um, but you can you do have a chance to sign them, and you can sign your restricted free agents, and um, you can uh, do team options and player options, and players can use player options and such uh, just after and the the playoff run ends. They don't have to wait until uh, the the season is over or the playoffs are over. Um, and so May 15th is really when the offseason started for the Penguins, and this is a big year for the Penguins. Obviously, we, as Penguins fans, all know how the playoffs ended last year. Um, let's, let's, let's be done playing New York teams, that's all I'll say. Um, but it's a big offseason to come because the big question was, um, is this a re- are, are we, are the Penguins done competing? Are they going to keep competing? Because... Brian Rust, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang, uh, all of their deals ran out at the end of the year. And those are three huge players for the Penguins. And if, and if you're if you're a Penguins, if you're part of the organization, or if you're in, or if you're a fan and you see that they don't re-sign these guys, you guys are thinking, well, it's gotta be a rebuild after what after this. And you're thinking if they do re-sign these guys, we're still in contention. We still believe that we can win this thing. So it was all up to the Penguins board, see what they wanted to do, and honestly, around this time, I'm not quite sure what I wanted. I I was I I couldn't decide whether I wanted to rebuild or whether I wanted to keep trying with the core that the Penguins had. You know, maybe you know we don't re-sign these guys, but we bring in like a brand new core of like three new big uh, free agent signings uh, because there certainly were some big free agents out there. And while we didn't retain this core, we get a new core and then we try to win with that one. We're not rebuilding. We're just changing the core out. Still having a star-studded lineup. I I don't know what I wanted. The, the playoff run seemed very uninspired. And... I guess you can't call it a run when you were out in the first round. But that first round just seemed very uninspired. and you got to be able to close a series out. I mean, a 3-1 lead, that's inexcusable to to let that one slip. And in the fashion that it happened where they were leading in every game uh, after that, and then they just blew a lead every time, it's super frustrating uh, I'm sure even, I, you know, I'm a fan sitting here saying how frustrating it is. I can't imagine how frustrating it is for, you know, the players, the coaches, the team, the organization itself, etc. Um, I would have, I think I would have liked to see, at that time, if you would have asked me at that time, I would have liked to see this team rebuild. I would have liked to see them let at least Malkin and Latang and Russ, actually Russ too, I, I would have told you I'd like to see them all go. Let's just blow it all up, see what the young guys can do, and you know we'll have Crosby for however many years he's still got on his contract. But other than that, that's really going to be the it for this team. Maybe he can be a one-man wonder and 
blow up the league and get like 80 goals in a season. That'd be sick. But other than that, that's kind of what I would I would have I would have preferred that over resigning these guys. But as you'll soon see, the Penguins took it a different direction because six days after they were eliminated from the playoffs on May 21st, the Penguins would re-sign Brian Rust. They signed him to a six-year, uh, six million dollar per year extension. Um, he's 30 years old, so that'll take him to 36 to his 36 year old season. Um, that's a that's a pretty big deal contract. That's a that's a star player contract you're seeing right there. Um, and you know, did he play? Did he play like a star player last year? I'll 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 give you the stats, and you can determine for yourself. He played 60 games. It's an 82 game schedule, so he missed 22 games. He had 24 goals. And a 13.3% shot percentage, uh, 34 assists for a total of 58 points. He had a plus-minus of seven, uh, only 14 penalty minutes, so didn't didn't draw a lot of penalties. With an average time on ice of about 18 minutes and 40 seconds. So, honestly, the, he had this year was very similar to his 2019 season, where in that season he made the All-Star game. Uh, I think he would have deserved it this year if he had played more the first half of the season. Um, I think he probably would have deserved an all-star spot. Um, but signing a 30-year-old player to a six-year, $6 million per year deal can be risky. Um, this doesn't just go for hockey. It goes for any sport that some players can play until they're 40. Some players just have it like that. I don't know what they do, but some guys can just do it, whereas other guys... They just can't, they struggle past 30 years old. So it's it's always a really big, really big question mark on whether or not you're going to get the best out of the play, out of a player after their age 30 season. Some players get better as they get older. It's kind of crazy to see sometimes. Um, but I do like Brian Rust as part of that first line with Crosby and Gensel. And I enjoy that assist total of 34 and the low amount of penalty minutes. That's really attractive, obviously, but, you know, uh, I'd like to see him play more around 70 to 75 games in a season, you know, that's what you, that's what you want from any player, really, you don't expect NHL players to play the, the full 80, 80, 80 81, 82 games um, in a season, you just, you can't expect that, the NHL is just too, it's too volatile, people get injured all the freaking time, so the likelihood that at least everybody on your roster is going to be out five ga- at least five games is very high. It's very high, and I I would like to see somewhere in the range more of like sixty five. I am closer to seventy would be preferably my what I would like to see out of Brian Russ for his total. But he has only played more than seventy games in a season once, and that was back in the twenty eighteen twenty nineteen season. So I don't know really how realistic that is. But again, that is. That would be, uh, I would be okay with this contract if Rust gave us 70, 65, 70 games per year for the next six years. And, you know, that would mean he would probably score around 30 goals a season and then get around 40 assists, which is, that's a great season. 70 games, he'll have around 70 points. That's, that is a star caliber. That's an all-star caliber season. I would love that for the next six years. He'll be a great, he'll be great within that first line with Crosby and with Gensel as well, especially who's been great. Uh, I would love that for the next six years. I would definitely take this contract from Brian Rust if that's what we got. Um, 
really like that. Really like that signing. You know, thinking on it now, um, he he originally obviously when you're thinking rebuild, you don't want any of these players back. But we signed Rust. I didn't know how I thought at the time, but now I think this this was a good good idea to re-sign him at least. And you know, he he's the essential. If he can give you seasons like this, he can be an essential part of that first line uh, for a lot of years. Um, but then, a couple weeks later now, we have a little bit of a smaller signing. It's Casey DeSmith uh, is going to re-sign. I don't think I mentioned, for those of you who don't know, Brian Russ is a right-winger. Um, Casey DeSmith is a goalkeeper. Uh, he got a two-year deal for just under $2 million per year. Uh, he's 31, and I'll just give you his stats real quick so you can just get a handle on what, what kind of a goalie he is. He played 26 games and started 24. He had a save percentage of 91.4% and a 2.79 goals against average. So that's that's not great, um, but it's not bad. That is a perfectly fine season from a backup goalie goalie standard. That that is a perfectly fine season. I would I would take a season like that from a backup goalie uh, every day of the week. Um, it's just that Tristan Jari was much better. He played 58 games. It started 56. He had a save percentage of just under 92, and he had a 2.42 goals against the average, so a whole 0.37 uh, difference between DeSmith and Jari when it comes to goals against average. And uh, Jari had a similar season to the 2019-2020 season where he made the All-Star team, but honestly, I, I'm okay with this two-year deal for DeSmith. He's 31. That'll just take him to his age 33 season, and I think he should be a very capable backup uh, for those two years. I don't get to see him falling off this much. He's not gonna re- he's not gonna get that starting spot back. Um, he just kind of he just when when Jari was on the you you could tell when Jari was on the ice and when the Smith was on the ice, and you didn't need to know beforehand. You could just kind of tell the difference in caliber there. And uh, I really like Jari, and I hope I hope he can be the starter for years to come. Then two days later, on July 7th, another domino falls. Chris Letang, defenseman for what's like 16 seasons now, 17 seasons, re-signed for the Penguins on the same deal that Brian Russ got. Six years, six million dollar per year extension. However, Chris Letang is not 30, he's 35. So this is going to take him to his age 40, 41 season. Jeez Louise, that is old. That is old for an athlete. That is a long time and a lot of money for a 35-year-old player. But, you know, you, you gotta ask. The Penguins the Penguins signed, signed this extension. Is it worth it? Was this worth it? Last year, he played 78 games played. Most he's played since the 2017-2018 season. He had 10 goals and 58 assists. That's most in a single season in his entire career. He had a plus-minus of 20. 49 penalty minutes, an average time on ice of 25 minutes and 47 seconds. He had 122 blocks, 171 hits, and 59 takeaways, which were all most in a single season in his entire career. And of course, he made the All-Star game this year as well. Letang had a career year in his age 34 season. I'm going to put it that way, um, posting numbers that maybe would make Prime Letang look a little bit jealous that he was posting those in his, 30, uh, in his mid-30s because... This was a very, very underrated season. Um, I don't think he was talked about nearly enough last year. Um, he's the kind of defenseman that makes 
whoever's with him, whoever's paired with him a lot better. And Mike Matheson was paired with him for most of the year, I want to say. And, you know, maybe we, we, we did, we did do something with Mike Matheson late. I'll talk about that later. And maybe Latang making Mike Matheson look a little better. Maybe that's why we got the deal that we got, but, um, so so underrated you know maybe the counting stats aren't as good for rating defensemen um but he's very creative in the offensive end with 58 assists um but you have those more underlying saber metrics that can tell you really how good of a defender chris letang is and i defense was my biggest concern going into this offseason but he performed very admirably for that pittsburgh defense and re-signing letang i think is just a huge plus if if he can deliver seasons even like close to this one like within the ballpark i i i wouldn't expect my expectations are not for him to go out and do this again for the next two three years but i can see why some people would now have that expectation i can understand that it's not my expectation but i but i could understand where you're coming from i would expect him to maybe go out and play around 70 games the next few years, 78 is quite a lot. I would, I would expect him to play around 70 um, and maybe not, not as productive as he was this year. But, man, if he can go out there and do it again, he's proved to me he can do it last year. Why can't he do You know, why can't he do it again? I hope he goes out there and shows us that he can do it again. It's not my expectation. I don't I don't have that high of expectations for him. But if this is the Latang we get for, you know, at least the first three years of that six-year deal, that's probably how long the Penguins will be in contention anyways. Um, at least for the first three years of, this, of that six-year deal, I would love it. Um, you know, obviously towards the end of this deal, he's going to be getting older. But that, that can be an adventure in itself, as I stated previously. Some people get better as they get older. Some people get worse. Uh, we'll just see how he lasts, and uh, it all, it'll all come with due time. But right now, I really like this extension. Um, but then, on July 11th, this is four days after the Latang uh, re-signing, Ricard Raquel would re-sign. He'd get a very similar deal to Brian Russ. It would be six years at $5 million per year extension. He is 29, so very similar in age to Brian Rust. And the Penguins traded for Raquel late in the regular season, and he only played 19 games for Pittsburgh. Uh, he just had four goals, nine assists, a plus-minus of seven, uh, four penalty minutes with an average time on ice of 17. Um, in total, he played around 70 games with Anaheim and Pittsburgh. Um, he played similarly, I would say, in Anaheim as he did in Pittsburgh. Uh, nothing, no jump or dip in performance when he moved to Pittsburgh. Um, but I, I'm not as much of a fan uh, f as f for this contract as I was for the Brian Russ contract. I know it's very similar to the Russ contract, but um, and he's he's a similar player to Brian Russ. He plays same position although he dabbles in the center as well um i just i can't i can't I, I can't get this behind this one as much because his overall production just doesn't impress me in the recent years for this contract to work i want to see a ricard raquel similar to the one that played in the 2016-2017 season and the 2017-2018 season um the, the those were great years from ricard raquel um and that is what I want to see for for this for this for this player. Um, I I do believe he can play into his contract. He's only twenty nine. He can play into this big contract. He I do believe he has the skills necessary to step it up and get it done. 
um, especially with um, if he plays right wing, he'll probably get that either that second line uh, with Malkin, um, and I think that will help him. Um, I if he plays center, he'll have to play the third line, which I don't think will work for him very well. But if he plays right wing, he can probably get that second line spot with Malkin and another player, which I will mention um, shortly. But um, I I would have offered Raquel a, a one or one year probably a sort of prove it deal, where he, his his contract is 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 just one year long and it's a lot less money. And I just tell him, hey, prove to me that you deserve this. I'll give you one year to prove to me that you deserve this salary. Then I'll give it to you. Um, this is a contract you a lot of the times you see given to minor league players and like late round draft pick uh, players. Um, just a one year sort of like prove to me you can you can you belong here and then I'll give you what you want. Um, that's what I would give to Raquel. Um, I want to see if Raquel can give me that 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 twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen magic. I'll I'll take it. Uh, but if he can't, this this six year extension might look a little bit ugly and be a pretty big cap hit for for the next six years, and then unless they can trade him. Um, but that's it for Ricard Raquel. Um, it was around this time that the third string playoff goalie Louis Deming would become an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I thought he was impressive for a third string stepping straight into a playoff spotlight when Jari and DeSmith got injured. Um, I would have. I would have liked to see him challenge DeSmith for that for that second string role. Uh, obviously, he's younger than DeSmith. Uh, I don't I don't really know how old he is. Uh, probably around 27, 28, somewhere around there. But I would have liked to see him challenge DeSmith for that spot, just to just to have somebody there to challenge him. But uh, we let him go, and you know, I guess probably not too big of a deal there. But just something I thought I'd know. Um, because I thought he played admirably in those playoff games. Um, and the losses, I don't think, were his fault at all. Um, Evan Rodriguez would also become an unrestricted free agent. And um, he had just 43 points in 82 games. He played every game in the regular season. And he really just was ice cold uh, in the second half of the year. And I, I'm not super happy with seeing him leave. But... It's it's better than the Penguins giving him like a Raquel kind of contract, um, but I would have done a prove it deal again. You know he was on fire to start the year, and then I don't know what happened to him. You know he played every game. You know I I maybe I I don't know I couldn't I can't can't really defend that second half. It just kind of fell off uh, very harshly, and uh, I would have loved to see more from Evan Rodriguez last year. It just wasn't meant to be. Um, but you know, maybe some somebody else will pick him up. Or I'll follow him. But really, I, I'm I think I'm a little bit disappointed that the Penguins didn't re-sign him on a one year or even like a two year, just kind of small deal. See if he can prove that he deserved that big contract. Um, and maybe that had something to do with his playoff performances. Maybe the board or the fans and everybody was just upset with him. Um, I I didn't I wasn't mad at him at all. I. Everybody's trying their trying their fucking ass off in the playoffs, and a couple of couple of unfortunate happenings there, but it happens, and it would have happened to anybody else. It just happened to fall on Evan Rodriguez, and you know, I guess the board just wasn't happy with his performance, and I can understand that. Uh, so a little bit disappointed with Rodriguez going, but it's okay. We'll replace him. We'll we'll get used to life without him. 
He wasn't too terribly great the second half of the year, and we'll fill in his spot. Um, on July 13th, now this is, the Pittsburgh Penguins would sign free agent, defenseman, Jan Ruta. Uh, I think he's Czechoslovakian, or I guess Czechian. Back then, when he was born, it was probably still Czechoslovakia, but now it's, it's I guess it's Czechian. It's just Czech, I don't know. Um, he had a three-year deal, or he signed for a three-year deal, uh, for, uh, 2.75 million per year, and... I'll tell you, he's just been a solid defenseman for the Tampa Bay Lightning the last four seasons. Um, he's had trouble playing full seasons, but last year he did. He played 76 games um, with three goals and 15 assists. So not as creative on the offensive side of the on the, of the ice as Chris Letang, but he had a plus-minus of 25. Um, he had 47 penalty minutes with an average time on ice of 16 minutes and 23 seconds. And that 16 minutes would be a second line, first line kind of role for an attacker, but for a defenseman, that's more of a third line uh, role. It's just 16 minutes a game. Um, and in only that amount of time, he managed to get a plus minus 25, uh, which is very impressive. So when he was on the ice, you know, he they, their the team found ways to make it happen. And I'm, I can, I'm going to largely credit that to Jan Ruta's ability. He had 71 blocks and 93 hits last year. Those were both career highs. And, you know, those traditional counting stats, like I said, he only had 18 points, three goals, 15 assists. Maybe they don't look the best, but again, this is a sabermetric guy, and I think you put him in any defense, he'll provide a boost, no matter what. First line, second line, third line, no matter how good that defense is, if you gave him to the if you gave him to the defending uh, cup champions or if you gave him to the Canadians. You know, he, you put him in anywhere, I think he provides a boost, and I think I like I like this signing. He's 32 years old, I believe, and on a three-year deal, it puts him right up to age 35. Kind of that Chris Letang area is where he'll de his deal will end. Um, I'm, I I like this signing. It's a, it's a solid defenseman, good guy for the rotation. Uh, I hope he can play another 76 games. That would be perfect. Um, on the same day, though, we would get even bigger news. Evgeny Malkin would re-sign for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Four-year, $6 million per year extension. He's 36, so this will take him to his age 40 season just around there. And this guy, man, he's a franchise player on any other team. Uh, he's been playing same as amount of time as Sidney Crosby has, and if he hadn't been drafted uh, with Sidney Crosby, and then he'd be a franchise player on any other team. It's just unfortunate he had to sit behind a legend than Sidney Crosby, but uh, it's it's... It's another long deal for another old player, um, and again, like the with the Latang, um, with the Latang deal, you ask yourself, is it worth it? Uh, last year, he played exactly half the regular season games at forty-one. He had twenty goals with a fifteen-point-five shot percentage. That's pretty good, and twenty-two assists. He had a plus-minus of negative ten with twenty-four penalty minutes and an average time on ice of eighteen minutes and twenty seconds. Um, that average time on ice is very high for a for a second line uh, center, um, but I I thought Malkin played very well this season. Malkin himself played very well. I think that plus minus can be attributed more to the defensive struggles of any line that's not the first line last year, and the attacking troubles of any line that wasn't the first line last year. Uh, Malkin was the soul of that second line. Uh, there was nothing creative happening outside of 
that first line. Um, there, the fourth line was just absolutely non-existent. Um, there was a player that was on the third line that I liked that I will talk about eventually. Uh, but other than that, the third line was non-existent. Um, and the second line was non-existent apart from this guy. And, you know, he was injured for a lot of that first half of that season. And, you know, maybe his numbers are down a bit from normal. But again, I don't think that has anything to do with Malkin. I think that has to do with the cast around him. Um, when you have that uh, iffy second line defense and no playmakers around you, it's it's kind of hard to to, to do anything yourself. You know, you can't 1v5, you know, uh, an entire team. And he did what he could with the players he had around him. And 20 goals, 22 assists, that's 42 points in 41 games. That's pretty good pace. Over a full seat, over like 80 game, 75, 80 game season, that's probably around 80, 90 points right there. So that's typical from the Russian giant. Uh, I I would just absolutely love if he could, if he could get a near 100 point season like we saw in uh, 2017 and 2018. Um, if he could replicate that type of production over the next four years, I would just absolutely love it. But um I know it's that's not my expectation. Uh, my expectation is something similar to his 72 points in 68 games that he got in the 2018-2019 season, so the following year uh, from that near 100-point season. Uh, that's probably what we're going to see for the next for the next four years. Um, but man, if I had one wish for this upcoming season, I wouldn't even it wouldn't be to go undefeated or something crazy in the regular season. It wouldn't be to sweep the entire playoffs and. It, it, and it wouldn't be to beat the Flyers every week. It would be to have Malkin turn back the clock and just produce like a monster 120-point season. I, I don't know what it is about him that I love so much, but I just love the guy, and he's probably my favorite player on the team. Um, and looking back at it now, you know, after they re-signed Rust and Latang, I was very afraid that the organization wasn't going to re-sign Malkin um, but was very elated when they did. And I, again, I don't know what it is. I just love the guy. Um, and I'm super excited to have him back for four years and can't wait to see what his production is like. And I want I want the best for him. And I want him to do well. And I think he will. Uh, with that, though, the big three Penguin free agents had all resigned. And it wasn't just for one or two years either. They had they had signed long-term extensions. And, you know, the Penguins have made the playoffs for 16 straight years. And... The long-term extensions of these players signal to fans that they plan to stay in the playoffs for many years to come. You know, they're not planning on leaving anytime soon, and that that's that's really cool to know as a fan that this team is still trying. But um, it's one thing to make the playoffs; it's another thing to get anywhere. You know, uh, in hockey, fifty percent of the teams make the playoffs. Sixteen out of the thirty-two teams make it, and. You know, after back-to-back Stanley Cups in 2015-2016 season and then the 2016-2017 season, the Penguins lost in the second round in 2017-2018 to the eventual Stanley Cup winners, uh, the Capitals. But since then, they've lost in the first round every year, which I believe is four straight years. And, you know, the Penguins, the organization themselves and the fans really are just tired of losing in the first round every year. And especially to those fucking New York teams. But uh, I believe the next few moves that I'm going to go over bring us a step closer to that direction um, of getting past at least the first round of the playoffs. Maybe not Stanley Cup, but at least least getting past the first round. Um, so on July 16th, 
Owen Pickering, the first round draft pick uh, of the Penguins this season, uh, is going to sign. Uh, he's got to get a three year deal with $1 million per year. He was 21st overall pick. He's a 6'4, 180 pound uh, defenseman. He's Canadian. And that's about all I know about him. Um, defenseman out of the draft in this like middle to late first round area can just kind of be very, very hit or miss. And it's more often than not, I want to say, a miss. And we'll see how he gets on. I I can only hope for the best from this guy. Uh, I hope I hope he's I hope he learns well from Chris Letang. I hope he can vault himself into that starting lineup just right away. Like prove what you are in this in this summer camp, prove what you are in the preseason, and then get your name written down in that starting lineup for opening day. I would absolutely love to see that from Owen Pickering. I hope he gets he has great rate stats this year and puts up great numbers and can play a full season them. And that's all we can hope for from a draft pick. You know, draft draft picks are crazy sometimes. Uh, uh, all we can hope for is the next Chris Letang. Uh, but next, I will get into a trade for Ty Smith. Ty Smith is a, def- is a defenseman. He was a 2018 first-round pick. He's 22 years old. Pittsburgh traded their 2023 third-round pick and John Marino uh, to acquire him from the New Jersey Devils. And again, this is a defenseman. As I just talked about, defensemen in the mid to late first round, sometimes they don't pan out. Ty Smith, it's hard to tell. Um, he's played two full seasons so far, and it, it really hasn't gone how it's supposed to have gone. Um, but I don't think John Marino's career has gone how it was supposed to have gone either. He wasn't really breaking out of that like third-line defenseman role, second-line defenseman role and really couldn't hang with Chris Letang at the front line but uh, I, I I think these two teams are essentially just hoping that a change of scenery for these two players will be what they need to break out and then obviously as a Pittsburgh fan I want Ty Smith to break out here and you know as a Pittsburgh fan I probably want John Marino to break out uh, in New Jersey I just like seeing I, I don't like seeing players I don't like wishing bad on players that we trade away or leave in free agency or stuff like that. Um, you know, one example I can think of is Joey Gallo was traded from the Texas Rangers to the New York Yankees. Uh, was it last year in baseball? And, you know, I, I will wish nothing but the best for him. You know, these, these especially star players as well. You know, these guys are maybe struggling with you. You know, you trade them, you, you wish them the best. You hope that they improve wherever they're going, you obviously don't hope that they, you know, beat the shit out of you for the next however many years, considering the Devils are in the Metropolitan Division with the, with the Penguins, you hope he doesn't start, like, for some reason, scoring insane goals against the Penguins and playing incredible defense and get shut out for the next five years, but it's, you, you hope that they do well, and I'm sure that the, the Devils will hope Ty Smith will do well in his, in his endeavors with Pittsburgh, and, you know, Ty Smith is younger, He's on a low salary, and those are two things this Penguins roster could use, young players and players on low salaries. So overall, I'm really happy with this trade, and I hope it works out for both parties. Um, Next, we have another trade uh, on the same day where we trade uh, Mike Matheson in a 2023 fourth-round pick to the Canadians for Ryan Poling and Jeff Petrie. So this is Mike Matheson, who ran the first line with Chris Letang, and I, I I think Mike Matheson's best days are behind him, and Latang was the guy that was kind of making him look, you know, work, look a little bit better, 
and we were able to get Ryan Poling from them, who it, from the Canadians, who is was drafted in the first round in 2017. He's 23 years old. Um, he is not a defenseman. He is a center, and we did need more center help. Um, like Ty Smith, though, here, we're just hoping a change of scenery will, will help him um, as he just didn't have a great season for the Canadians last year. Uh, Canadians in general didn't have a great season, and, you know, when you when you move from a terrible team to a good team, you you probably will get better. That's just how it works. Good pe- good players, you know, bring out the, bring up other good players, and he'll get better. Um, a plus minus of negative twenty one, while only averaging a time on ice of twelve minutes, it should tell you all you need to know about the Canadians last year. It was a bad year, um, but you know, I, I like the Ryan Poling deal. It's similar to the Ty Smith thing. Just kind of hoping a change of scenery here will will improve his play and in return for the defenseman Mike Matheson the Penguins got Jeff Petrie he is a 34 year old defenseman um he's on a pretty big contract I don't know exactly where it's at it's probably around the four or five million deal uh uh, four or five million per year uh range um he was probably probably not the Penguins first pick I imagine they didn't go to the to the Canadians and ask for Jeff Petrie um I would assume that the Canadians refused the first offering through Jeff Petrie, and um, he he was actually very decent for the Canadians last season. Um, given the choice, I just wouldn't have taken him on that big of a contract, and he's 34, and I, he just needs to prove to me, again, he just needs to prove to me that he deserves uh, a spot on this roster, but he adds another defenseman, which again, that's what we were worried about going into the offseason. He added another defenseman, and all we can do is hope for the best from the 12-year veteran. So I hope he gets on well. And I, I, again, I think I'm okay with this trade. Um, we've get, In two trades so far, we've given away our 2023 third-round pick and our 2023 fourth-round pick. So it's very clear that we are not rebuilding at all. We're giving away picks, looking for guys that are going to help us now uh, and in the short term so we can hopefully challenge for that Stanley Cup. Um, and again, you know, sometimes picks aren't, Picks may seem me be more valuable than they seem, or less valuable than they seem. Uh, sometimes you get lucky on guys that break out, and but most of the time, man, like with Ryan Poling and and Ty Smith, sometimes they just don't kind of work out, and they need a change of scenery or they need just one small adjustment to their game to to improve. But that will be it for the July. What was that? That was all July sixteenth stuff with Owen Pickering, Ty Smith, Ryan Poling, and Jeff Petrie. Uh, that was a lot on one day, so we'll wait five more days here. We'll go to July 21st, and the Penguins will re-sign Kasperi Kapanen, right winger, to a two-year deal and for $3 million per year. Uh, he's 26 years old, and after five years of significant game time that the Penguins have given Kapanen, they're still searching for the breakout year. This two-year deal will give him his age 20, 26 and 27 seasons to try to do so. Um, in a season full of roster turmoil, Kapanen was able to play 79 games, uh, but with just 11 goals and only an 8.5 shot percentage and 21 assists meant that last year wasn't the wasn't the breakout year uh, Pittsburgh was hoping for. And, you know, he had, a, he had a career high in hits and he had more takeaways than giveaways. That's always good, but it's just nothing spectacular. And that's kind of what the Penguins are hoping for from their 2014 first-round pick, is they kind of want something more spectacular than that. Um, I, I, I can't get too excited about this deal. I haven't seen 
a good enough leap in Kapanen's technical ability or attacking creativity or his physical prowess that would convince me to sign him on a two-year, $6 million total deal. Uh, maybe if it was a two-year, $3 million deal, like he was getting, instead of getting $3 million per year, he was getting $3 million total, which would mean he would get $1.5 million per year. That seems more realistic to me. I, I, I just can't get behind his numbers, and he had a lot, lot of the season, kind of like Evan Rodriguez, a lot of the season to prove himself, and he kind of just couldn't do it. But I don't really understand why the Penguins let Evan Rodriguez go, but then re-sign Kapanen. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. They're very similar in age. Uh, I think Evan Rodriguez is a little bit older, but he played better last year, even if it wasn't great. Uh, uh, Kapanen wasn't great either. Uh, I just don't really understand this one. I'm not on board with the two-year deal. I would have done, again, a one-year prove-it deal, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes on. Obviously, I'm hoping for the best, obviously, but uh, it's my expectations are not very high for Kapanen, and I expect him to play more in the third line in this season than, and, than in past. So we'll see how it goes on, uh, but hopefully he can turn it around. Um, on July 27th, Danton Heinen, left winger, re-signed for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He would sign on a prove-it deal. He got a one-year, $1 million deal. Uh, he's 27 years old, and last year he played 76 games. He had 18 goals with a 13% shot percentage. That's five percentage points higher than, or four and a half higher than Kapanen. And 15 assists. He had a plus-minus of six. 16 penalty minutes, that's it. And he had a career high in hits, and he also had more takeaways than giveaways. All of this, he did all this while just averaging 12 minutes and 43 seconds on the ice. That's about third third line attack. Uh, this is the sort of season you would love to see from your third line attacker. 33 points, which is 12 minutes and 43 seconds average on ice. A plus minus, that's positive. Very low penalty minute total. More takeaways than giveaways is great always. It It's just, he, he was so productive last year and he was one of the guys on the ice where if you saw him on the ice, you kind of thought, okay, we can be productive during his stint out there. you know. And that didn't happen with a lot of players uh, for for the Penguins last year. You know, you had your first line and you were like, okay, we can be productive here. And then you had whenever Malkin was on the, on the ice, which wasn't often last year. He only played half the games. You had whenever that was. And then to me, you had whenever Heinen was on the ice. And that was really it for the Penguins. Um, I... I loved his production as a third line last year, and he's slowly become one of the, my favorite players on the team, and I hope he can be equally as productive this coming season. Um, with the Penguins not signing, re-signing Evan Rodriguez, uh, that second line left wing slot is all is wide open, and I hope the Penguins give it to this guy. I think he deserves it. I would love to see him in that Malkin line. If we got Malkin, Raquel, and Heinen in that second line, I would be much more comfortable with that second line, and maybe even you can put Kapanen up there and slide Raquel back down to the third line. You can just kind of interchange those guys um, whenever need be. You know, if one's lacking creativity or one's a little bit hurt, you know, you can do that. And I think I think that second line would look a lot better this year uh, than it will last if, if we give Denton Heinen that second line spot. He's just been, I think he's just been great last year, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do this year. And I hope that after this year, the Penguins re-sign him again. If he, if, he, if he gives us a similar year to this, 
with more second line stats, stats that portray a second line player, um, he'll I I have no doubt he'll gain a multi year deal for for his production. Um, but you know, if it were me, I would have given, I would have swapped uh, Heinen and Kapanen's deals. Well, I guess I wouldn't have given it to Kapanen. I would have given the deal to Rodriguez and then swapped Rodriguez's that deal with this one. I would give, I would have given Rodriguez a one year prove it deal. I wouldn't have re-signed Kapanen, and then I would have given Danton Heinen the two two year six million dollar total uh, deal. Uh, I just think Heinen's a great player. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do. Um, but that that's going to be it. That will conclude the overview of the main the main offseason moves. Obviously, there's so much that goes into an offseason. There's so many players that get re-signed and jumbled around. And, uh, obviously, for their minor league team as well, you have to sign players for that. Um, uh, there was a lot more moves than just these ones. But these were the big ones. Uh, overall, looking back on it now, the re-signing of Russ, Letang, and Malkin, uh, I think was a good move. Um, maybe maybe the length of the deals was is a little bit questionable, but if they were only going to resign for that many years, then I can understand just having to kind of have your hands behind your back. You want to compete. You don't want to you don't want to have them leave just because you you're only offering them a three year deal. So I can I can kind of understand that there. Uh, my favorite move definitely the Danton Heinen deal. Um, I'm excited to see how the new signings like Jan Ruta get on. Um, and I hope that players like Kapanen and Raquel can go out there and prove everybody and, you know, prove to the organization, prove to the fans why they deserve the contracts that they got. Um, do I think this team is better than the team last year? When healthy? Yes. Yes, for sure. You know, with the trade addition of those trade acquisitions, Ryan Poling and Ty Smith, we get younger and Jeff Petrie adds something to the defense as well as Jan Ruta. Um, this team is better when healthy than the one last year. Um, but here's the thing. No NHL team gets through a season without at least a bajillion injuries. So can this team survive when beaten and battered up? I don't know, man. Only time will tell. But I believe a similar season to the last one is on the cards. I I do think this is a team that has more of a chance in the playoffs. Um, give us Give us that third or fourth seed, like, that territory I think is where we're going to end up, just because Metropolitan is so fucking stacked, bro. Give us that third or fourth, give us that third or fourth seed in the Metro, and we'll, we'll, we'll do something with it, I think, in the playoffs. I think we can get places in the playoffs, um, as long as we don't have to play the New York Rangers or the New York Islanders, that is. If we're playing a New York team, I'm not going to watch. I'm just not going to watch, because we know we know what's going to happen, all right? We're going to lose, and we're going to lose in spectacular fashion. That's just how we do it. Um, but anyway, that is going to be it for today's episode of the C-String Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that recap of the Penguins' offseason moves. I am super excited for the next season. I cannot wait for October to roll around. So, so excited for the season to start. I can't wait to start watching games and for my ESPN subscription to actually matter again. Um, but super, super excited for this Penguins team. I can't wait to see what's going to come for the next season uh, but thank you guys so much for listening uh, I will see you guys next time on the next episode for the C-String Podcast bye bye
Shame.